Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey guys, just a quick reminder to use code FINDTHEMAGIC to receive $50 off any Gab wireless device, watches, phones. Let's keep our kids safe on tech as they go back to school, but also safe and aware of where they are. So again, that's Gab Wireless with code FINDTHEMAGIC. You can receive $50 off any device. Hey everybody, it's Caitlin here. I'm really excited to do this episode today. And I hope wherever you are, I know that this time of year with the holidays can be a really beautiful and exciting, fun time. And I know that sometimes it can also bring uh, a lot of stress and sometimes some uh, like conflicting emotions and sometimes some negative emotions. So I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope that You can have a little bit more peace and calm in your life. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode today. And I hope that you find something that is going to help you. And because I'm, I think what I'm going to talk about today is something that I have seen really, really help and bless my life. So I have noticed a correlation between my kid's behavior and the state of my mental and emotional health. Um, It kind of comes down to, there's really one common denominator that if if we have spent time outside, I have noticed a huge positive uptick in those things, in the in my kids' behavior and in my own uh, emotional and mental state. And so um, I noticed this when I, it was actually a couple years ago, I was pregnant with my second and it was right around January that I was starting to feel some of those negative side effects of uh, kind of the first trimester of pregnancy. And with Emmett, I had actually been like really, really sick and and anyway, I had not felt good that whole trimester. With my second, I actually felt a lot better, but there was definitely, I still felt really, really tired, really fatigued, and I was starting to feel some of that queasiness, so I was, I just was feeling a little bit blah, and I do have a thing, like, I I have a thing with January, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but sometimes it's that post-holidays blues, and I don't know, the snow is kind of old and crusty a lot of times, and anyway, it can just feel a little bit blah, and so I, and at that time, I also, so because of that, like prior to that time, me and Emmett, I had a routine where we would just always go on a walk every single day. And that was just part of our routine. And I felt like it was really good for both of us. We both really loved it. Um, but around that time, it, like that I'm talking about in January, I was starting to feel blah, but also I felt like me and Emmett, my first, he was about a year and a half at the time. I just felt like we were butting heads a little bit more and... I was having a harder time feeling like I was staying unruffled. And as Terilyn sometimes says, I just felt like my patient skin wasn't, 
it was running thin a lot more frequently. And um, anyway, and I was trying to think about it. I'm like, what is going on? And I thought about it. I thought it had probably been a few days, maybe even a week or so since we had really spent any time outside simply because it's sometimes hard to get both of us all bundled up to go out. I wasn't feeling great and I was feeling really tired. So I really wasn't in the mood to go out in the cold winter. And um, I thought like, oh my gosh, we haven't really been doing our walks like we normally do. We hardly have spent time outside. And so after that, I actually, um, I thought like, I wonder if that's why. And so I made it a point every day to make sure that we got outside and I would feel and notice a huge difference, um, again, both in myself and I noticed a difference in Emmett and, um, and I just felt so much better, way more calm. I, I really felt like it was a really beautiful grounding experience, grounding time. And, um, I could feel myself feeling more calmer. And so I, I started to look into this cause I thought, is there something to this? And it turns out there is. Um, so I'm going to put all of these articles and links in the show notes and also in the email. So for anybody who's interested, um, there will be a lot of that there for anybody who's interested in learning more about this. But it's cool because um, studies show that even a 15 minute walk can reduce blood pressure, feelings of loneliness, isolation. It can increase mood and well-being. Just simply a 15 minute walk. Um there are really cool studies about, there was a study in Denmark that uh, they took na- uh, 900,000 residents born between 1985 and 2003, and they found that children who lived in neighbors, neighborhoods with more green space had reduced risk of many psychiatric disorders later in life, including depression, mood disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, and substance use disorder. So for those with lo- uh, the lowest levels of green space exposure, meaning lowest levels of exposure to nature um, throughout during childhood, the risk of developing mental illness was 55% higher than those who grew up with abundant green space, which I think is just crazy. Um, in the book, there's a book called Last Child in the Woods by Richard Louvre. Um, it, it talks about, it's a really cool book. Um, I totally recommend it to anybody. But he gives a few different, there's tons of different research studies in here. One of them that I found so fascinating is um, it talks about how that uh, exposure to plants or nature can speed up recovery time from injury. So there was a man named Howard Frumpkin, and he was an MD, and he did this really cool study where he um, he took over 10 years. There were patients who were recovering from gallbladder surgery. And he compared some of the patients went into rooms where they were uh, facing a grove of trees and others went into rooms that were facing basically a brick wall. And not unexpectedly, the patients who looked out over the grove of trees recovered, like went home way sooner. Um, And it's just really cool. There's tons of studies like this about there, there were prisoners who... If their cell, if their cells faced the prison courtyard, they had 24 percent more illnesses than those whose cells had a view of farmland. Um, anyway, and there's a bunch that he names, but it's cool because it talks about how even just our visual environment of being exposed to green space and nature can have profound effects on our physical and mental well-being. Um, and another, I think, an, one of the last ones that I'm going to say from this is. Uh, this was from 
a man named John Zelensky. He's a PhD. He's a professor in psychology at Carleton University in Ontario, Canada. And he did a study with his colleagues where they found that elementary school children acted more pro-socially to classmates and strangers after a field trip to a nature school than they did after a visit to an aviation museum. So anyway, it's kind of cool because um, children who are exposed to more nature and green space just simply have been shown to act more pro-socially and act better, which, um, again, I feel like I've, I just see this in myself. I feel better when I'm out in nature. So there's some really cool things about that. Um, not only that, but, um, for those, there's some really cool studies around grounding, which grounding is basically, um, us being in contact with the earth. Um, and there's some really cool stuff about this for those who haven't heard of, heard about grounding or know what it is. Basically, um, what it comes down to is we as human beings, we used to have a lot of contact with the earth. Like our ancestors, they would run barefoot. They had lots of different, and I mean, they were outside all the time simply because of the way they lived. And so they had contact with the earth all of the time. And, um, but nowadays kind of in the lives that we live, we have less contact with the earth and just by the shoes that we use we travel in cars or in other transit where we're not really touching the earth we spend most of our working hours usually indoors and we just don't get the same contact that we that like human beings used to get and there's some really negative effects that can come from that and so if we uh it talks about how if we are there's a lot of studies that talk about how if we are able to kind of recultivate that and spending time just connecting simply with um earth how there can be some really cool effects that relate to inflammation immune responses wound healing and prevention and treatment of chronic inflammatory and autoimmune diseases there's some really cool studies that go behind what just simply being outside and in contact with the earth can do for us both our bodies and our our minds um there was a really cool study that i read about uh, kids who are on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, and how um, when they had a, like the time, significant times outside where they could have this grounding time, their behavioral, um, their like negative behavioral results were reduced a ton. Like they were able to regulate their emotions way better. And um, anyway, it was just really, really cool what this can do for us. So, um, I love all those things. There's some really cool studies about how, uh, like within the last 50 to 100 years, how different hospitals have come up with ways that their patients can get out and be able to either like garden or spend time just connecting with the earth and how they've been able to see differences in their patients as they're able to spend this time outside. So really, really cool stuff. Um, but not only that, I think it's really cool because in this book, The Last Child in the Woods, it also talks about how we can use nature and nature can be used to really bond and connect with our families. Um, and it talks about how a lot of times older children and adult children, when we look back at some of our best memories, oftentimes they do involve being outdoors and in nature with those that we love. And um, when I was thinking about it, I can totally think of some of my favorite memories and best memories as a kid are being outdoors and with my loved ones. I can think of a handful right off the top of my head. I remember, um, I must've been really, really young, but I remember being with my mom, like laying on a blanket and watching clouds above us. 
And it was such a simple, beautiful thing, but I remember it so vividly. I remember feeling so content and so happy. And again, I feel like I probably was around three or four. And it was just simply being outside and watching clouds with my mom. It cost nothing and it was so, and it was just such a great memory for me. I remember hiking in the mountains behind my house and catching lizards with my dad. I would spend hours in my backyard. I remember walking to a well with um, my grandma. My grandma lived in a place called Hooper. It's this rural part of Utah. Um, now it's built out a lot more, but it used to be mostly just farmland. And I remember like walking out with my grandma and doing and gardening with her. And I remember it being so, um, again, I just remember feeling so content and so wonderful. And those are some really connecting moments and memories for me. And we can totally use nature, um, to do, to bond and connect with our kids and with our families. So I think that's a fun thing to think about. And I think something amazing about all of this with nature is that, most of the things that we do in nature are free. They cost nothing. And I think another really beautiful thing about being outdoors with our kids is that there's way less, uh, it feels like way less boundary holding because at least when it's inside, you know, we're being careful not to destroy anything or get anything too dirty or making messes or there's different boundaries that we have to hold. Whereas when we go outside, we don't have to say no as much to our kids. And that just creates such a uh, a really nice dynamic, right? When we can have some time where it's like, we can just let them run free and we don't have to be worried about things breaking or something happening and they can just enjoy and explore. And I think um, that's a really cool and I think a huge benefit to be able to let our kids play outside. So um, I know that some of you guys are thinking like, okay, this is all well and good, but it's winter time. Like, of course, it's way easier to be outside when it's spring, summer, and fall. And honestly, sometimes like a lot, it's really enjoyable to be outside during those times. But in winter time, it can be really hard. And especially when we have little kids, it can be really tiresome to bundle everybody up, including ourselves, and actually like get out the door. And sometimes, you know, it can be frustrating <laughs> to get everybody all moving. And there's many times where I've thought this, like, okay, I just need to get out the door and I feel like as soon as we do, it's so good. So, but I'm going to talk, I, just so you know, I see you and I hear you and I get that sometimes in wintertime it's hard to do, but I'm going to go through maybe some tips and ideas, um, of how we can actually embrace bringing in some of this magic of connecting with nature into our lives and into our family's lives, even in the wintertime. And I think, um, yeah, I think we can totally do it. I think there was something really cool. So I read this book called The Danish Way of Parenting. It was a really great book. Um, and it talks about, basically the premise of the book is, there. Uh, it's actually written by a mother who lives in Denmark and is raising her kids in Denmark. And um, the cool thing is that, so Danish kids are actually, there's studies that show that they are some of the happiest kids on earth. And so the book kind of goes through what are Danish parents and Danish families doing that are maybe different from the rest of the world and how can we maybe emulate that? And there's some really cool things in there. But one of the things that really stood out to me is that she talked about, because obviously Denmark is in a place where it is cold a lot of the year, like a majority of the year. It's really, really cold. But that doesn't really stop them. They still spend a lot of time outside. And what was interesting is she even talked about how babies will sleep in prams outside. So mothers will just put their babies out in their little prams and let them sleep outside because fresh air is said to keep babies healthy 
and it helps them sleep better. And napping your baby in a stroller is done in all weather. So obviously they have ways to really keep their babies bundled up and insulated. And um, I don't think they're just setting them out there with nothing. But um, I think, and it was so interesting to me that that was just like a common practice there. And because they really do feel like being outside is important for the well-being of their kids and even their babies. And um, I love this because, so contrary to common belief, being out in the cold isn't the cause of sickness. Because sometimes I feel like that was said before of like, oh, if you go out, you're going to catch a cold. That's actually not how we catch colds, believe it or not. So if we can dress well and prepare, that's not even a problem. And I definitely learned this. So we lived in Minnesota a few years ago. And for any of my Minnesota residents or people who have lived there, you get it. It is freezing there during the winter. And there are many days that it is at zero or sub-zero. And, um, but people still do tons of fun things there. And they have tons of fun festivals during the winter. And um, they do all sorts of stuff. And I totally learned that there is no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So with that, know that um, we can totally embrace this wintertime and I'm hoping I'm giving you the confidence to do so. If we can kind of like, if we are feeling prepared and well, I think we can give uh, like a lot of really good benefits to not only us and our kids. So um, I'm going to give a few fun activities that you can do in the wintertime to maybe bring some of this nature goodness and magic into your own life. So um, for me, as I've said before, I think one of my number one things is I do try to go on a walk, even if it's a short one, every single day. And that's just like a really low-hanging fruit for me. I like The hardest part is just getting everybody bundled up to go. And then once we get out, it's amazing because I will even say in the wintertime, it's almost been even more magical simply because my uh, it almost feels like they're more calm in the wintertime. I don't know if it's just because it's so cold. <laughs> they like stay in their seats and they, they like it like my one-year-old who is at a a totally exploratory age. He's very busy most of the time, always moving, always exploring, figuring things out. And it could be part of the reason is that I put him in a snowsuit and he's just this cute little marshmallow man. And I don't know if he just can't move as well in it because he's a little bit restrained from it. But when I put him in the stroller, he simply, he just looks around. You can tell he's just observing and like taking in his world around him. And he's not like struggling to get out or anything. He's just like seems very calmly observant. So it's actually kind of fun because in the wintertime, I can I take him out on these walks and I almost feel like he is taking in the calm from his surroundings. And Emmett too. So sometimes I'll bring some snacks or sometimes we'll just go out. If I can feel that one or the other of them is like maybe getting a little antsy. Of course, Emmett, my three-year-old, I'm actually okay with him walking around if he wants to walk by me or ride his bike or something. But sometimes we'll, I'll say like, I'll just say like, hey, let's look around and see what we can you know, I'll do the five senses thing. Like, what can we see? What are you, like, what do you hear? What do you smell? Like, is there anything that you can taste? And obviously with wintertime, they can taste the snow, which is great. Um, what does it feel like? What is it, what's the touch? Like, what does it feel like? And so that's a really fun thing to do. And in wintertime, there is so much for them to see and do. So that's one way to, if you want to add another layer to the walk, sometimes it's nice just to walk and they don't even need anything. But sometimes if I feel like, one or the other of them is kind of antsy, I'll like give that prompt of like, what are your five senses experiencing? And it kind of brings us back and helps us be mindful. And I feel like they really seem to like really react well to it. So I'm, I love that. That's a really easy thing. If for whatever reason, 
that's not your jam, like if going for a walk isn't necessarily your jam or you're looking for more, there's this great blog that I actually got a ton of really cool ideas from. It's called Be Wild, My Child. And they have lots of great articles, but one of them, they had compiled tons of outdoor winter activities that are awesome. So I'm going to just name a few, both that we've done and that I really want to do. And if any of these ring true to you, go for it and try it. And also, if you're looking for more, again, I'm going to post this link in the show notes so you can click on it and look for other ways that you can be outside during the wintertime. So one fun way is a snow globe. So you can fill up, you can make your own snow globes by filling up a water balloon um, with water. You can put food coloring in it. You can even put a couple of things in it. And then, you know, you tie it off. You can set it outside and let it freeze for a couple hours. And then when it's frozen, you just pop the balloon, take off the balloon part, and then you have this cool ice globe filled with lots of cool stuff. And the kids can do whatever they want with it. They can like hold, you know, they can hold on to it. They can roll it around if they want. They can even smash it. They can do whatever they want. But that's kind of a fun thing. Another really cool thing is you can always go out and look at clouds. I already mentioned that I have a really fun memory. I have multiple memories of my mom, like just cloud watching with her. And it's so simple and kids love it. And it's something that you can totally do in the wintertime um, when it's not simply just cloudy the whole sky over. Because I know that some days are like that. Um, Another fun thing is making sun catchers. So I had never heard of this before until um, I read this. But what you can do is, so uh, you you can go outside and pick up really whatever you want. It can be leaves, berries, pine cones, twigs, like branches of an evergreen tree, whatever it may be. And so you, it could be really fun to go out with your kids and just gather up like whatever little fun trinkets they have. It could be rocks, really whatever they want. And then you can come back if you have pie tins or paper plates or something, you can kind of arrange these items within the plates or tins. Then you fill it with water. Um, you can do it with boiling water actually. And that actually helps. It actually helps the ice freeze in a way that makes it totally clear, which is fun. But um, then what you do after you fill it with water is you leave it outside to freeze either overnight or if it's cold enough during the day, it'll freeze. And then once it's frozen, you can carefully take the ice out like, and it comes out in this beautiful shape. And they're called sun catchers because when it catches the sun, it glitters and they're these really cool looking um, little like orb things that you can hang up because you can even like put a string through it and let it freeze with a string through it and you can hang them up in your trees or whatever and it can be a really fun way for your kids to do a craft that again costs nothing they got to totally partake in all of it and it creates something really beautiful so that's fun another thing is snow paint so you can get spray bottles put water in them put food coloring or dye in them and then let your kids go out and have as much fun as they want and they can spray the snow whatever colors they want and um again cost nothing but they love it and they can totally just go wild they can spray as much or as little as they want of any colors they want so that's super fun um and something that Emmett has really loved um you can also go out and blow bubbles if it's cold enough the bubbles can freeze and that's kind of fun for kids to like touch the bubbles when they're frozen um another thing is making snow cones so you can just get snow in a cup and then put whatever toppings you want on it like you can try putting syrup in or honey or you know, if you have um, like different flavorings that maybe you use in hot chocolate or something, you can put that in your snow cone. And um, so you can just make these fun snow cones. And I think it's fun for kids to be able to just create whatever they want to taste on the snow and super easy and way fun. Um, 
other fun things that I think is cool about wintertime and about being outside. So I'm going to, I think it's cool because this episode is actually posting right before the winter solstice. And um, for those of you who don't know, the winter solstice is when it's actually the longest, uh, the longest night of the year. It's when the day is shortest. And it's actually after that day, then it starts to become lighter for longer. So we start kind of making the descent back to longer days, but, or the ascent back to longer days. But um, what's fun is you can actually make something cool of this. Cause like on winter solstice, as we all know, and we actually did a whole episode on traditions and kind of the beautiful connection that comes within our families through traditions. Uh, but you can make a tradition on winter solstice to do really whatever you want. You could do a candlelight dinner inside. You could do whatever you want. But I think something fun that I'm going to do this year is um, is howl at the moon. And what I love about this is that you can actually, um, something that I like about wintertime is that it does get dark so early. And at least with my kids, for Emmett, my three-year-old, he thinks it is the coolest thing that he's awake even when it's dark. He's like, he thinks it's so late because it's dark at five o'clock. But anyway, so it's fun because he thinks that he's like staying up so late. He thinks it's cool. So to go outside in the wintertime at night and like look at the stars and the moon, he thinks it's so cool because obviously in the summertime, he does he goes to sleep before the moon and stars even come out. So that's kind of fun to do. It's just like go out, like look at the stars together and then howl at the moon is way fun because even as an adult, I think it's a blast. Um, but that's like something that you can do on winter solstice or really any night that you want and just make your own traditions out of it. Um, but take advantage that it does get darker earlier. I know that sometimes that can be a little bit of a drag that it's like, oh my gosh, it's dark for like ever. But it's something that we can totally just enjoy with our kids because they do think it's way cool that they are up at night. They feel like it's so late and it can be six o'clock when you're doing some of these things, which is awesome. Um, me and my husband actually just did a walk the other day. And again, it was probably around six o'clock and they thought it was so cool that we were on a walk at night like they just loved it and we loved it too it was great so um again I think there's a lot of really fun things that we can still do and really enjoy and take in some of the magic that nature can bring us even during winter time when it can be so cold um and sometimes really difficult to actually like get out and about but I do feel like I know from experience um, just like my own anecdotal experience with my kids and myself, that I notice a huge, huge difference for me and my well-being and my kids. Like I feel like we all just um, are our better selves when we've had some time to be outside and connecting with nature. And um, like I've said this whole episode, there's a lot of really cool research and studies behind what that actually does, what exposure to nature and plants and all of these things can really do for us. So I hope that you can take something from this and um, maybe find some magic in your own life this winter. And um, yeah, let me know how it goes. I want to hear if anybody does anything else or if there's any fun things that you feel like you do in the winter time that has really brought some magic of being outside. Anyway, thanks you guys. Let's find the magic. This is Tara Lynn, and I'm here again just to thank you guys for your amazing reviews. I cannot get over how much I love them. Uh, one of the most recent ones that I love so much says that 
It's from a mother, and she said when her daughter turned 18 months, she said that I started to notice I was really struggling with all the challenges of motherhood. I was at a breaking point and felt like I couldn't share my honest thoughts with anyone without the sting of their silent judgment. This podcast was a saving grace. Not only have I learned some great tools and coping mechanisms, but I no longer feel like I am alone or I'm doing something wrong or I'm a terrible mother if I meet some hardships in parenting. I now realize that it's completely normal and I'm so much more patient with myself and my daughter. And then she goes on to say some other really kind things. And I, I'm just so grateful because that's one of our main goals of this podcast is to help parents feel like they are not alone because we aren't. We are in this together and we're all working on it together. So um, I just want to thank you guys. We could not be where we are with our podcast without you guys as our listeners. So thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your reviews. They make a huge difference in the success of our podcast and we really do cherish each one of them. So if you would be so kind to leave us a review, if you'd like to, all you do is go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes and you search for Find the Magic, scroll to the bottom of the page, you click write a review and then there you can rate us and write a review. And we again cherish every everything you say there. And if you ever have any questions, you can also put them there as well. And we have a little list that we keep of questions that pop up. And then as we're deciding on what episodes or what topics to talk about, we always go to that list that we have compiled from you guys. So thank you so much. We love, love, love you. (coughs) (laughs) Brown cows.